You're tuned in to the Hearing Matters podcast with Dr. Gregory Delfino and Blaise Delfino of Audiology Services and Fader Plugs, the show that discusses hearing technology, best practices, and a growing national epidemic, hearing loss. Today, we have special guest Mr. David Smith joining us. And ladies and gentlemen, I have known Dave Smith pretty much my entire life since I was three years old. My father has, of course, known Dave Smith and his family oh, over 20 years as well. Yeah, So sure. we've known the family for a long time. Dave, it is so awesome to have you on the <laughs> Welcome, show. Welcome, Dave. Welcome. It's great to be here. We're going to have a lot of fun. I agree. This is so awesome. So, Dave, your wonderful wife... Sue Smith, she owns the Art of Dance studio here in Nazareth. You are, of course, deep-rooted in Nazareth. Children went to Nazareth School District, and uh, you are a current hearing aid user. Yes, I am. Dave, share with us the tipping point with regard to when you said to yourself, enough is enough, I need to do something about my hearing loss. Well, you know what, Blaze? I really thought enough is enough when... I keep asking people to just continually repeat themselves over and over again. I mean, throughout the day, if it's not my peers at work, it's my wife, it could be my kids. And I think that's when you start to realize when they're getting frustrated with you that something's not right. It also could be just missing out on jokes. I mean, I've watched movies and shows and comedy shows, and I would actually ask my wife after they started laughing, what did they say? Hmm. And I ruined the joke now because I'm asking my wife to repeat the joke that now isn't funny anymore. So (laughs) I kind of realized that, you know, again, here it is, enough's enough where I'm now taking other people and they're being affected by my non-ability to hear, if that makes sense. Dave, you have a very unique journey because before we fit you with the hearing instruments that you wear now, you actually tried hearing aids before. And you told me you took the instruments out for a week and you said, you know what, Blaze, I'm just not ready for hearing technology. And it's really important for any hearing healthcare professional listening to this right now. When your patients aren't ready, you need to listen to them because this is a process. And Dave, you just weren't ready for hearing instruments. What was it that kind of made you say, I'm just not ready right now? I want to say it's image. At the age of 55, when we first started this process, I really feel that at 55, I shouldn't be in this situation. I didn't really want to see it. I didn't want to really react to it. And then you proved me wrong. I came in, I had the booth, you put me in there. I started to realize how poor my hearing really was. So my image had to go to the backside and I had to start to realize that quality of life was really the better choice here. And I needed to just go ahead and move forward. The stigmatism of being 55 and not being able to hear has to outweigh, I mean, the quality of life. I needed to make this change. And we will say, Dave, you're not alone because many patients are experiencing the same thing. Dr. Delfino, you've been in the industry for well over 30 years. What have you seen with regard to what Mr. Smith was just saying in terms of the vanity aspect associated with hearing aids? Yeah, it really has to do with part of the whole denial process. And denial for a number of reasons, but certainly vanity being one of them. People's preconceived notions oftentimes about hearing aids are that they're large, they're bulky, they mean you're getting old, and no one really wants to admit that. And so they will struggle with the inability to hear and understand speech for the main purpose of, I look good. No one knows. It's a silent disability. And that's really what we're working with. And each patient that comes in, that's part of that process of finding out 
What are some of the motivations and what can we do to reduce some of your fears or concerns about moving forward with amplification? Dave, like we said earlier, we've known your family for over 20 years. And I have to say, I'm definitely very honored and just blessed to treat you as a patient, as a friend. It is really the coolest thing. And your wife owns Art of Dance Studio here in Nazareth, which is where, ironically, my sister Veronica danced at and my now wife, Autumn. How crazy is that, right? That's full circle. (laughs) Absolutely. That is crazy. I don't think that that changed anything about why I came here. I will say that you've made this process what it is. You're so professional, your customer service. I mean, Autumn just helping me with my insurance issues that I wanted to make sure were worked out prior to jumping in. But then knowing you on top of that was what just put the icing on the cake. I mean, just so comfortable. And I think comfortable is a big thing about being able to move forward. Just everything I needed, you guys were right there. If it was a call, Autumn took the phone call. She was right on. If I needed to call you, you were right back to me with whatever. And, you know, obviously knowing your dad and and your mom as well. I mean, it was an easy choice for me to make. Good. And you were motivated and you were ready which is one of the many reasons why you're so successful with your hearing aids, Dave. I'll never forget getting that text message from you a couple months ago. Hey, Blaze, just checking in. Hope you and the family are doing well. Just wanted to let you know I love my hearing aids. Absolutely. Those are the stories I love to hear. Blaze, I got to tell you, I think of you guys every day. Every day I put them in, I am thinking of you guys, and I'm very thankful for everything you guys did for me to get me to move forward and to be able to have that quality because now, as silly as it sounds, I'm not getting those one-liners from the wife about, I I told you that already, you didn't hear me, or the kids. I mean, I have five boys, and you know, sometimes they would think that I might have ignored them or I wasn't paying attention to them. It's because I didn't hear them. And I know that whole term of selective hearing that you and I had talked about, you know, while I was going through the process. And actually going through the figuring out of where I was in this with the hearing loss, the wife would always think that I was actually being selective about what I wanted to hear and didn't Mm. hear. And it really became a pitch instead of her saying something. I just don't pick up certain levels. And you were the one that made me realize that. So once I was able to respond to my wife and tell her I'm going to fix this, and which you did, that made it all better and it made it go away. So I appreciate that. And you're doing incredibly well on your new hearing journey. And Dave, being that you've been around the studio, you are around and work in noisy environments, we're curious to know how did your decrease in hearing sensitivity, how did your hearing loss affect interpersonal relationships, work life, things of that nature? And were there times you grew frustrated because what was said at work meetings or family gatherings were missed? Yes, absolutely. The professional side of it, for me, I'm an operations manager, and it was very tough for me. My boss is very soft-spoken at that time. I was depending on reading lips. And we had the pandemic, so now you have the masks on. So now I've lost that ability to be able to read somebody's lips. So my boss being soft-spoken and having the mask, I might have said yes to things that I really didn't know what he was asking me just to end the conversation. You know, with my kids, again, thinking that I might have ignored them or something. And so that's the personal side of it. I can't go on and on enough about having the hearing aids now and what it's done for me. And I don't have any of those issues anymore. They're gone. Good. Dave, to dovetail off what you just said, and this is really important to note, and I want Dr. Delfino to expand on this. There are $1.2 billion, U.S. dollars, of lost income due to untreated hearing loss. And that makes sense because if you are unable 
able to understand speech clearly. If a manager says something for you to do or you know what have you, hey, can you go pick up this package or hey, can you go reschedule this meeting right. and you misunderstand? Well, communication in the workplace is really important. Absolutely. Very important. Dr. Delfino, what is your thought process with regard to the lost earnings? You know, one of the obvious things is that when you're having a conversation, employer, employee, if you're not hearing and understanding what's being said, then that may be misconstrued as a poor attitude, I don't care. And it really takes the topic to another area of concern where discipline might be involved when in fact, it truly is an organic hearing loss. And oftentimes because of our pride and because of our lack of awareness to get our hearing tested on a regular basis. Any questions, just because you're getting hearing tested does not necessarily mean that you need some intervention, but it's certainly going to give you some peace of mind that in the direction I'm moving, I may need some help at some point in time, but rather than guess, rather than have a misinterpretation of an attitude, having your hearing screened and tested is one way in which you can prepare yourself mentally for what may or may not happen. Employers are concerned, certainly, about how well you're responding to them. And if you are misinterpreting what they're saying, it opens up a whole other can of worms, and it doesn't have to be that way. Dave, share with us what life was like when you decided to take that step towards a better hearing. Well, I got to tell you, I was nervous. I excited on one side and then nervous. I mean, the understanding of how poor my hearing was, 30% in one ear, 70% in the other, it was really eye-opening to me how bad and how poor my hearing was. The experience of you actually getting me into the booth and Mm -hmm. the pitches and the tones and figuring out where I was and showing me on the screen, you know, where my lines were and, and actually explaining to me This is where you're losing your hearing and you're not picking this up really is eye-opening to make you make that decision to say, I can't keep doing this. So I would say that just from the booth going into it and you sitting down explaining to me, showing me the graph, showing me my hearing, and then you were able to go back to my previous time that I was in and show me how much I've lost since that time. Mm -hmm. So you compared both. I was able to see him up on a graph and actually see that this was not going in the great direction as I was getting older. I needed to be able to hear. I want to hear my grandkids. I want to be able to hear what my wife's telling me. I want to be able to hear what my kids are saying. So this had to be fixed. And again, that's why I say I went right to it and I said, this is it. Enough's enough. Let's do this. Dave, prior to the show, you were talking about when you and Sue would be out maybe at Wegmans or ordering dinner out Yeah. before wearing hearing aids. You kind of felt lost in the dark. Share with us that experience. I think I needed to rely on my wife for a lot of things. You know, 32 years being married, God bless her. Um, it comes. It comes down to. It comes down to her. You know, I get the question of how did you want your steak cooked, and I might not have heard them actually say that. I might have had my head down. I wasn't looking at the waiter or waitress. And at that point, that's when my wife would always jump in and respond for me. The same thing when she wasn't there. I'd be nervous at times where I would give an order. If I were at a coffee shop or I were at a grocery store, at the end when you're ready to pay and there's maybe a question or two for something, I was always worried that if I couldn't hear what they were saying, then I wouldn't know how to respond. And when I would then say, pardon me, or excuse me, can you say that again? You can see frustration from the other side of where people start to say, 
how many times do I have to tell you what I'm telling you? I don't want to then go out and say, mm-hmm. I know I'm young, I'm looking young, but I can't <laughs> hear you. I right. don't understand what you're saying. So I would think that that's, again, that's the enough enough thing and just how to move forward. So did Sue always make the correct assumption with regard to your preference on meat being served? Absolutely. However, she told <laughs> me I was two years of marriage what I was going to eat. <laughs> and that's exactly how I got it. <laughs> well, I mean, Dave, there are thousands of other individuals out there who currently do present with untreated hearing loss and they haven't done anything about it. And that is why we do this podcast to raise awareness of the importance of treating hearing loss. And individuals who do present with hearing loss will often have the fear of responding incorrectly. Right. Right. And when you talk about ordering coffee, that is a stressful environment because chances are you're going in the morning and it's crowded. I was just going to say there are people around you. So now you have that fear, like you said, of making a mistake or saying something that's incorrect. And then you look a certain way. So, yeah, absolutely. Would you say that the hearing instruments have instilled in you an increased level of confidence? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not looking around for anyone to give me the answer now. I'm making the answer. I'm going to answer the question to what they're asking. Absolutely. Dave, when we first fit you with the hearing instruments and we talked about the different comorbidities linked to untreated hearing loss, that being uh, cognitive decline, cardiovascular disease, increased risk of falling. And we share that with our patients, not to scare them, but to let them know that, you know, the sense of hearing is really the gateway to our entire body, how we're bodies all connected. And you could have said, nah, I'll keep pushing it off. But you didn't because you thought to yourself, this is my health. You still go to the gym, you work out and what you did. And we commend all of our patients who move forward with the technology, you know, age doesn't matter, right? Because hearing loss does not discriminate. But you took that important first step. You're very active. And you said, I want to hear life's story. Absolutely. Absolutely. And at any point, I would love to be a reference for any of your people that are questioning if they should do this or not. I'd be the first one, please call me because I want them to know exactly what it is and how it is that they can go through something so simple that making the decision might be tough. But once you make that decision, everything goes so smooth and it's a change of life. It really is a change of life. Dr. Delfino, to echo what Dave was saying, how important is it to have trusted providers and trusted information? Because not every Everything on the internet is true. That's why we have this podcast, because you hear about all this, this hearing instrument and that hearing instrument. How important is it to team up with a trusted team of providers and references, maybe even current hearing aid users? Trust in any of the healthcare professions is absolutely essential because this is such a personal issue. Any part of your health is a personal issue. You want to know that the professional that you're talking to is well-trained, knows what they're talking about, has had the experience, and they are able to walk you through the process to the extent where you feel comfortable with whatever decision you make because you know it's made in concert with someone who has given you all the information that you need, has answered all of your questions, has demonstrated that they will be there with you throughout the process. Those are absolutely essential in any healthcare provider, but certainly in hearing healthcare where the personal touch is even more invaluable because this is not a once-and-done process. We see our patients on such a regular basis because things come up, changes need to be made, and you need to feel comfortable to give us a call, have a discussion, work out any of the concerns that you have. So trust is absolutely essential. Absolutely. Dave, what would you tell individuals who are currently on the fence with regard to moving forward with hearing technology? I would say, please, if you want to use me as a reference, call me. 
because I could give you all the information you want as well as what you guys have here, your customer service, as I said before, the insurance, working through the insurance part of it. Those are things that you might not know about and it's something that they should check into within their employer. And when I did it with my employer, I was amazed at what the insurance covered. So it made even the decision that much easier. You're tuned in to the Hearing Matters podcast with Dr. Gregory Delfino and Blaise Delfino of Audiology Services and Fader Plugs. Today, we had David Smith, a Nazareth native, join us on the show and talk about his incredible experience with his hearing technology. David, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Absolutely. We really appreciate it. Until next time, hear life story. Thanks again for tuning in to the Hearing Matters podcast today. I'm your host, Blaze Delfino, and on behalf of our entire team, thank you so much for the support. Truly, it means so much to us. Head on over to the Apple Podcast app and share your thoughts. What did you like most about this episode, and what do you like most about our podcast? Five-star reviews are always appreciated. And also, head on over to Instagram, hit that follow button, and let's connect. And as a team we can continue to help our community hear life story.